You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for Hobby Radio. My name is Keith, amateur radio operator W0NX. The following articles are from the June 2022 The Spectrum Monitor and will begin by finishing the remainder of Radio 101 by Ken Reitz, KS4ZR. ATSC 3.0, Part 2, The Good, the Bad, and the Stunning. As far as picture quality goes, from what I've seen, the format may be shown to best advantage on the nature shows on PBS. And, if the program was not produced in the 4K HD format, it will not have the resolution that a 4K production has. That will be obvious when you get close enough to the screen to discern the finest details. It used to be that a TV was a TV. All you expected it to do was display broadcasts from OTA TV channels from your simple rabbit ear antenna. Later, to be able to display recordings made on your VCR from OTA TV channels. Later still to display programs from DVDs you rented at your local video store, or programs you received from your cable or satellite TV service. And, over the last ten years, to display the programming from streaming free or pay video services. Your TV was passive. It simply displayed whatever was sent to its inputs. But it's clear that the trend in TV today, especially with the implementation of next-gen TV, is to turn your TV into an active screen, similar to your desktop or laptop, a cash cow, connected directly to your credit card account. While the number of HDMI inputs may be limited to two or three, There is no limit to the sources of programming you can watch or monthly payments that can be set up through the installation of apps either directly on the TV set or via an outboard box such as a Roku device. TV today is a two-way street and will be considerably more so over the next 10 years as ATSC 1.0 fades from view. I had a great example of that when both the Samsung and Sony TVs needed repairs. Because both sets were connected to our Wi-Fi system, technicians at Samsung and the Sony Authorized Repair Facility were able to access my TV remotely to run diagnostic tests to see if there was a simple fix, reboot, update firmware, etc., It's a possibility of modern life that information available in our TV sets might not be entirely secure. While it's early days on ATSC 3.0, other than the ability to improve the screen resolution, though 4K ads for dog food are not my idea of the promised immersive experience, and fully integrate your TV with the Internet so that commercial interests can feel better about where their ad dollars are going. At this point, the jury will be out for a while. 
And now, SDR Sharp and SDR Console, two feature-rich software options for SDRs, by Robert Gulley, K4PKM. To say software-defined radio, SDR, has come a long way in a relatively short time might just be the understatement of the year. Both SDR Sharp and SDR Console allow access to receiver tools and spectrum visualization that would have seemed, as a friend put it, like pure science fiction only a decade or two ago. These are but two of many software options available for controlling an SDR. While they are two popular programs, much of what makes a program useful to one person may not be as important as features found in another program tailored to a specific need. This article is not intended to be an A versus B shootout, but rather an introduction to a couple of programs which have somewhat set the standard by which many SDR folks compare software programs. Some caveats. Several caveats are in order before we look at these two programs. First, my likes and dislikes, needs, and usability are likely different than someone else's, but the breadth and depth of these programs will likely do what you need. I cannot possibly cover every feature or application for which these programs are capable. I hope this will be enough of an overview to whet your appetite to try them out for yourself. Second, I am not an engineer, and so I do not claim to know which implementation of software code, filter, or diagnostic approach is the best one. Each software developer chooses what he or she thinks works best, or gives options for choosing between several choices. The good news is that we do not have to be experts in these fields, as most every option given is non-destructive, meaning we can try something and then go back without ruining the software. With the experience of trying something and then trying something else, eventually we learn what works best for our given radio, reception capabilities, etc. Third, What is intuitive to one person is not always intuitive to another, and this is particularly true of SDR software in general. I cannot tell you what is best for you. You must try several programs at a minimum, and then decide for yourself what makes the most sense to you. Sometimes a clunky interface may offer features which you simply cannot go without, and so you put up with quirks or seemingly out-of-date design. Multi-PSK comes to mind, an excellent program which offers an array of features not found in any other software available to non-government employees, but many folks simply cannot handle its Windows 3.1-style interface. Personally, I can overlook the interface for the features it offers, but that's just me. Fourth, software can only take a radio so far. Neither of these programs will make a mediocre SDR a benchmark performer. Similarly, no program works best with every radio out there, and you may find a radio manufacturer's software works best with the radio you have, 
even if other programs can recognize your rig. I have an ELAD SDR for which I use ELAD's software almost exclusively, or at least as the controlling software to interface with another piece of software. Software designed by or for the radio manufacturer can often take advantage of specific functions built into the radio, which might be otherwise unknown or inaccessible for generic SDR programs. Fifth, don't go into any SDR software and expect to work it easily right from the start. Having been involved with SDRs since the first RTL-SDR dongles came out years ago, I still have to spend quite a bit of time with a piece of software to learn its way of thinking. As an aside, YouTube videos are often good resources to see a specific radio and or software in action. Finally, you may find some features work best in one program, another set of features in another, and still more features are best in a third program. My good friend Thomas Witherspoon, K4SWL, a frequent contributor to TSM, prefers SDR consoles, audio-video multi-console recording functions over SDR Sharp's record function, and so switches between them as needed. Ultimately, you will likely settle on one program which meets most of your needs and will dive deeply into its features to the point where operating it becomes second nature. These and other programs may look daunting or overwhelming at first, but by learning a few basic controls, you can start enjoying the amazing capabilities of even the most inexpensive software-defined radio. With all that out of the way, let's jump right into looking at these two programs. Similarities between programs. I'll start off with some similarities between the two programs in capabilities and function. For both of these programs, I refer you to their respective websites to see a listing and description of features, as both are extensive enough that I could heartily list them all here and still have room for a discussion of the programs. An important similarity to mention right away is that one does not need an expensive radio to make use of these programs. Both will work with RTL-SDR dongles and up. SDR Sharp supports several well-known brands in addition to the AirSpy lineup for which the software is developed. And SDR Console supports a major array of SDRs covering almost every significant brand of radio. For these tests, I used an HF Plus Discovery by AirSpy, but have used RTL-SDR dongles in the past with good success. Upon installation, both programs open with a fairly basic interface. Radio Information and Options Panel, Spectrum Analyzer, and Waterfall Display, as well as a Digital Frequency Indicator. Choosing a radio source will also be a part of the initial setup with both programs, along with the option of having several radios stored from which to choose if you have used either program with different radios as the source. 
Frequency adjustments can be made by grabbing the waterfall or the spectrum analyzer with the mouse and moving left or right in the display with SDR Sharp. With SDR Console, clicking on the frequency rail allows movement. Fine adjustments can be made in increments predetermined by user settings or by dragging the waterfall display side to side. A keyboard option is available also for direct entry of frequencies. Both programs allow for frequency adjustments to be made by clicking on individual numbers of the main frequency display, with a click on the upper half of the number to increase it by one, or the lower half to decrease it by one. I mention these tuning options because, oddly enough, I found tuning to be one of the more difficult things to figure out between programs, as there are similarities but also significant differences. This is part of the intuitiveness I mentioned earlier. One person will see one method as intuitive, while another person will not. I have found both programs have good audio, assuming a strong signal, if there is a decent antenna connected to the radio. While it is not uncommon for folks to use indoor antennas with SDRs, there are many factors which will affect reception quality. To minimize this impact, I tested both programs on different days in side-by-side -side comparisons using the same SDR and the same antennas. With an outdoor antenna, the same one I commonly use for amateur radio, both programs worked equally well on strong and weaker signals, meaning that I could not tell an appreciable difference between them. However, using smaller indoor antennas, commonly sold with SDRs, such as the inexpensive RTL SDR units, SDR Sharp had noticeably better audio using the same equipment. I'm not sure why this was the case, as I said, I am not an engineer nor a software programmer, but multiple tests with various signals showed the same results. SDR console seemed to clip the audio signal. While quite listenable, there was a noticeable difference. Switching nothing but the antenna noted above, both programs had quite good audio with a stronger signal provided by the better antenna. Both programs have copious amounts of digital signal processing, DSP filters, and features as would be expected. Audio processing in both programs can be tailored to one's liking, as well as the ability to reduce noise and use narrow filters, one of the best features of software-controlled signal processing. There are notch filters, noise blankers, and noise reduction filters, as well as preamp and attenuation adjustments, all with options for how strong or how wide the filters will be applied. In traditional analog radios, the filters are mechanical, meaning there is a rise and fall to the filter effect. Not particularly disruptive, but certainly not as clean as digital processing. With a digital signal, Digital filters put a brick wall up against whatever range is set through the software. 
So a 500 Hz filter allows for only just that 500 Hz width. A mechanical filter in an analog radio might allow for 505 Hz or 510 Hz, for example. When trying to isolate a signal, this can be a major difference in a crowded or noisy band. IF, or Intermediate Frequency Filtering, is especially useful in SDR software because signals are dealt with way before the audio output side of things, and they can be made much cleaner. An interesting and often very useful feature in SDR Sharp is the co-channel canceller. This gives the user a chance to reduce or even eliminate strong nearby signals from interfering with a weaker signal, particularly useful with AM broadcast signals, especially at night. But it also works for FM signals. It reportedly can even work with recorded IQ wave files, but I have not tried that feature. Memories and Frequency Storage Both programs have the ability to store favorite frequencies in user-selectable structures. SDR Console offers multiple methods of storing stations and memory pages, nine sets of 20 slots, but also has the ability to organize them by category under a Favorites option. I highly recommend using this feature to the fullest when you find a station you want to keep handy. Not only is it much quicker to access, but it also allows you to shortcut the process of precisely tuning in a desired frequency. SDR Sharp does much the same with its Frequency Manager option, allowing for groups and favorites. With this method, you name groups that can be separate or included in favorites and sorted as desired. SDR Sharp's method is more like a web browser style of memory usage, whereas SDR Console is more like a traditional shortwave radio with memory pages. Both work fine, depending on your preference. Remote Servers Both SDR Sharp and SDR Console can make use of remote servers to listen to radios from around the world, as well as stream your radio to a remote host. This topic is way beyond the scope of this article, but suffice it to say, this can open up a whole new world of radio monitoring, above and beyond websites like Global Tuners, which is quite cool in and of itself. Remote server operation is built into the options of SDR console, server connection how-to. While SDR Sharp comes with a utility called Spy Server to convert a Raspberry Pi, an Odroid, or regular Windows or Linux PC into a fully featured SDR server. The SPY server allows you to connect many SDR Sharp clients to the same AirSpy or RTL SDR device over the network. Some notable differences. Depending on the software and radio combinations, 
common to many SDR software programs is the ability to allow for multiple parts of a band to be split into several chunks for listening and or recording. SDR Sharp calls these chunks slices, allowing a user to record several frequencies at once, such as two or three or more AM broadcast stations, or shortwave stations, etc. This is quite useful for identifying stations or for tracking content you wish to hear from stations each broadcasting at the same time of day. SDR Console offers a much-enhanced ability to monitor multiple signals as it can pull audio and video from multiple bands simultaneously, such as multiple amateur radio or shortwave bands, or multiple WWV stations. Under the multiple band option, there are pre-programmed setups for things like FT8 or CW segments of the amateur bands, broadcast AM or FM bands, and even an 80-meter example of segmenting CW, FT8, SSB-DX, and SSB. You can also create your own band layouts and organize them as needed. This is a very powerful feature indeed, and really raises this software to a higher level than many of the SDR programs out there. Another interesting feature in SDR Console is the ability to take a screenshot of your display, built right into the program. This is a useful feature for capturing settings and information to be reviewed later or shown to others. SDR Console also offers a number of additional features accessed through the View More Options ribbon bar. From software author Simon Brown, G4ELI's description, Analyzer 64-bit only. Add support for the data analyzer used for creating large-scale analysis of data, IQ, recordings. CW Skimmer. Add support for the CW Skimmer from Afrit Software Incorporated. Digital Decoder. The digital decoder is a simple solution for decoding common digital modes such as PSK and RTTY. Data Repeater. The SDR Data IQ is available for third-party programs via a UDP stream. External Radio. Synchronize frequency and mode with an external radio. The SDR is then used as either a pan adapter or alternative receiver, optionally with frequency and mode synchronized with the external radio. Geostationary beacon. Display the telemetry beacon for the SHAL-2 geostationary satellite. The beacon can be used to correct for offsets due to the LNB. Go to monitor. Display the control panel for GoToMonitor, an advanced concept for high-performance job-based automatic HF, VHF, UHF monitoring, including recording, SDR control, wideband and narrowband classification, and multi-channel signal decoding, all-in-one clever tool. GoToMonitor 
is a commercial product only available from Procitech. It is not suitable for the hobby SWL market. Satellites provides full satellite support, rotator information via DDE and Doppler correction. Trunk voice following adds support for trunk tracking and voice forwarding. We'll continue this article next time. Thank you for joining us for Hobby Radio. My name is Keith. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.